Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, Cousin Zachum. Oh, I'm sure excited. Why are you excited, Mr. Sandro? Oh, look at where we've visited Uncle Rob. Oh, no, not Uncle Rob. He always has all these stories. Oh, I'm I'm excited for a little story. Yes, I am. Yes, siree. Hey, kids. Uh How's it going? I'm here to tell you about a dark time. It's called the 1980s, where the shoulder pads were high and the perms were even higher. And there was a movie, a movie that's been a part of my life for well on nearly 30 years. It's Space Balls. Oh, no, not the story about Space Balls. You shut up, Zach. <laughs> you shut up, sit down and hear it. Or I'll give you a backhander. Yeah. Remember, I fought in Nam. You, you fought in Nam? Well, I, I got into a bar fight when I was on a Kentucky tour in, in Vietnam back in 97. <laughs> but but it was... <laughs> those punches felt like napalm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the technique you used? Yeah, yeah that, 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 that's, that's why I call my fist nay and palm. Nay and palm. Oh, I got stories, yay, I do love <laughs> yay, stories. Oh, yeah, yes. So uh, we're going to tell you tell you stories of Mel Brooks, of the birth of the career of Bill Pullman, and the comic genius that is John Candy and Rick Moranis. Oh, Rick, Rick Moranis. Boy, I sure do love him from uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is when he still made movies for adults. Oh. <laughs> And that is uh, an, an intro. Uh, welcome <laughs> to Real Team for the Goodie. Out of all the intros you've done, Sandra and Zach, that is indeed one of them. One of them. Correct. Uh, <laughs> it is the podcast. We watch movies from 1987 in the order they came out in. We are in the summer blockbuster season. We sludged our way through the luck that's not a word the mud the quicksand that was the first six months of the year and now we're here and we're doing movies with a budget uh and this week's space balls and there's no one else that we could possibly get on for a star wars parody that isn't rob lloyd welcome back to the show it is a pleasure to be back with you fine fine gentlemen to talk about the one the only space balls this is very exciting yeah, now first of all, before we get started, as always, with most episodes that you are on, Rob, we do, of course, ask the question, what's your history with this movie? Zach, had you seen this movie before? I have seen this movie, but I saw it when I was, you know, smaller and sounded like what I was putting on just before. So I, I didn't remember much. All I remember was there were many goofs and a lot mm. of ha-has. <laughs> so um, going into this, that's what I was expecting, and it delivered, I feel. Yeah, I think I... 
Last time I saw this, I would have been maybe 14, perhaps. I saw it on TV and I was like, this is cool. So I rented it from the library like three times in a row. Classic. How about you, Rob? Um, well, uh, we have to go back to um, the windswept, stormy year that was 1987. Where, uh, yeah, oh, good. Sound effects are great. <laughs> yes. Where a, a very young, uh, a very naive, wide-eyed, uh, Rob Lloyd and oh, his and his younger brother David. Oh yeah, oh, it's me, David. <laughs> Get out of my head. <laughs> were obsessed Star Wars obsessive nerds, and we were you know missing the fact that there hadn't been any new Star Wars for you know well over four years. Um, so we were excited. We went right. The guy from the Muppet uh, movie is making a Star Wars parody. We were so excited. We were. Beyond excited. Now, every school holidays, uh, my family in uh, Dubbo, we'd either drive to Yass, where my mum's parents were, or we'd go to Sydney, where my dad's parents were. And the big thing about going to Sydney was we could actually go to cinemas that had movies released, you know, the most recent releases. In Dubbo, we only had one cinema, and they showed movies like three or four months later. And they were playing Spaceballs in Sydney. We could go see it. We were so excited. My brother and I were just going, we're going to see a comedy Star Wars film. This is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. It's got the guy from Ghostbusters in it. That's awesome. All right, it's got John Candy. We love him. That's brilliant. Okay, all right. And then my parents looked at the rating of it, and I think it was like M or something like that, but they thought it was too naughty and too adult for young little David and uh, Robert. So um, they said, you're not going. When we were in Sydney, like we were literally uh, an hour or so away from going and said, no, this is is too rude to adult for you. And we went, what? And so do you know what other movie in that? Well, you guys would probably know what other movie. Brave Little Toaster? (laughs) No. I mean, we did that last week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What did you do the week before that? Uh, Predator. No, we went out and saw Harry and the Hendersons. Ah, Harry and the Hendersons, of course. Everyone's favourite family-friendly movie. (laughs) (laughs) So we went in seeing that very disgruntled. We were not happy. We were not wanting to like that at all. And at the end of it, we went, yeah, it's okay. So when did you eventually end up watching it then? Was it like on home release? To fill it in, yeah, it was home release. So to fill in that gap, Dad actually bought the novelization of Spaceballs (laughs) and read it to us, where all the rude stuff was kind of toned down. And so I actually quite enjoyed sitting uh, on my bed with my brother, with dad sitting in the middle of us, and he would read the story to us of Spaceballs, the novelization, (laughs) and him pissing himself laughing at these Mm. jokes that he's reading out, and me and my brother laughing more at dad laughing than actually <laughs> understanding the jokes so we did, yeah so we had to wait until oh, go about a year later when it was out and available on video for us to actually watch it um and we just went this is the greatest thing in the history of the world this is like mm. this is you know and we taped it off tv and we watched it pretty much every week we could memorize it i can still quote it pretty much word for word and then I didn't watch it for years and years, and I focused on becoming you know, a serious, legitimate actor, and then I focused on becoming a serious, legitimate comedian. <laughs> Those words don't go together. And I remember specifically, I was in a rehearsal in, 
I think it was 1998. And I was in my musical comedy group uh, called Freefall. We went on to be the Dodge. And we were sitting around, Nigel, Sean, and I were singing songs and practicing our material. And we're talking about, yeah, Spaceballs. Remember Spaceballs? That was great. So we had the whole afternoon and evening together. We went out and borrowed it. We brought it back and we started watching it at my house. And we were at that point in our lives when so about like 19, 20 years old where we thought we knew everything about comedy and we were comedy snobs. And we were so... Um, we didn't like it. We were making fun of it for it being so puerile and naive and juvenile and all that type of stuff. And then I, I shit you not, I shit you not, a stray cat walked its way into my apartment and we, the three of us literally played with the kitten for the remaining hour and 10 minutes of Spaceballs and we didn't watch the rest of it. But re-watching it for this podcast last weekend, I've gone back around and I can warmly embrace Spaceballs close to my bosom. I have had quite a journey, Zach and Sandro, when it comes to the movie Spaceballs and I'm looking forward to talking with you about it in even further detail. Excellent. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, I think I said last week, Zach, that I wasn't sure if this was going to hold up or not. Mm, you did. You did say that. I, I was confident. I had hope. I had my last hope, as as you could say, that this movie <laughs> would be pretty good. And I, 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 was, I was pleasantly surprised yeah. at how well it held up. Yeah, when it comes to the way it holds up, it's very much of the time. And it's very much like a lot of it, like I was talking about, it's his attempt at being quite modern Yeah. Uh, before mm. we started recording. So there's a lot of uh, modern music in there. So there's like nondescript 80s rock music playing when mm. Eagle 5 shows up for the first time. Mm. You've got nondescript sexy music with Marlene and Charlene in bed and then the president shows up. All this nondescript type of stuff. But it's very much his attempt at being modern, which doesn't really sit with me with Mel Brooks he's very much he loves to capture the essence of that nostalgic classic cinema like with the 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 uh, universal monsters of yeah. young Frankenstein mm. the Hitchcockian era with high anxiety and of course <laughs> yep. silent movie but with this it's his most modern of films at the time but now looking back at it nearly 30 years later you're there going you see it in that nostalgic light so it's quite and you I appreciate it I can appreciate it now in my 40s you know, three years of bitter old cynical bastard more than I did in my 19-year-old aspiring to be a comedy wanker. <laughs> Which I guess does kind of fit into the Star Wars parody of it, because Star Wars at the time was definitely the naive sci-fi for, you know the younger audience very much so which isn't a problem with it obviously great movies but yeah we'll um we'll talk all about uh space balls but before we jump into that zach what were the other films that came out this week back in 87 so you had uh, a few options all of which didn't matter because we mentioned this movie but you had uh dragnet which is a buddy cop comedy with uh dan Aykroyd and tom hanks mm. which did look pretty good yeah it's based on an old uh tv show dun, 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 dun. we're now in the case of you know <laughs> the mm. law, law enforcement department of la dun, 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 dun. yeah i was um i was watching this amazon tv show called them uh during the week which stars alison pill as probably the fourth time i've seen her in the past three years as a racist housewife so that was kind of funny but uh <laughs> <she> <laughs> but in the show uh this family they watch Dragnet, and I was like, ha, connections, things, yes. everything's connected. Everything's connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of your other ones was Gen de Floretti. Um, <laughs> Good one. To local. <laughs> yeah, you've got to say it how it's, how it's spelled, you know? Ooh la la. 
Yeah, two local farmers plot to trick a newcomer out of his inheritance and property. Oh, wow. A man from Boulevard des Capucines. Uh, <laughs> yep, definitely close. pronounced that one correctly. Probably fine. We've got no Russian listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a Soviet Union Red Western about a dude that arrives in the West to show the art of the cinematography. That movie's on YouTube. It's got like five million views, and I was like, "Cool! It's 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 the official movie on YouTube. I'll give it a watch." And the subtitles were out of sync. Oh. So I was like, "I can't understand what's going on." Oh. Just imagine how many more views they would have if the subtitles were in <laughs> yeah. sync. Exactly. Um, Straight to Hell, a parody of westerns. It's about a bunch of criminals who stumble across a weird town full of. <gasps> Coffee-addicted cowboy killers. Nice. <laughs> Imagine. Let's jump into Spaceballs. Uh, quite a few credits here, so I'll speed through these. It was released June 24th in 1987. It is, of course, written, produced, and directed by Mel Brooks. Uh, he's done heaps of classic comedies. The producers, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, all been mentioned before. He didn't do too many after this. I think Robin Hood came after this and Dracula. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I, I think Life Stinks as well came oh, out yeah. in, the, in the early 90s as well. Yeah, it's, it's um, the the love affair mainstream uh, cinema had with Mel Brooks started to really dip off here, um, which is a, a real shame. But um, I'm glad he found resurgence with um, the, you know, the Broadway version of the producers for sure. Yes, because, yeah, he co-wrote the film with Thomas Meehan, who then he went on, yeah, to co-write the producer's stage play and the Young Frankenstein uh, stage play. After this, the other co-writer on the film is Ronnie Graham, who wrote on MASH. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. Uh, for, for the cast, Bill Pullman is Lone Star. Hadn't really done much before this. Uh, he did a Zucker Brothers movie, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. So this is like his second ever film credit. He, of course, went on to be the president in Independence Day. Great role. Yeah. Uh, he's also in White Up. He's pretty good in that. And, um, yes, yeah, he went on to, to uh, Torchwood, um, uh, the, the fourth one, whatever that was called. Yeah, <laughs> that, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Uh, there's also John Candy, who plays Bath, who was in Second City, alongside Rick Moranis, who's in this as well. We last saw John Candy uh, in Splash last year, Zach, that mermaid film with Tom Hanks. Mm. He's very good in it. He's very good in, in, um, in Splash. He is. I, I liked him in this one for all the comedy relief sidekicks that we've witnessed throughout our years. He was one of the least annoying ones, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's sort of like very much that persona of Candy in this. He's not really stretching himself. He's not push, pushing himself. He's just going, yeah, come on, here I am. This is, this is, this, this is, this is a good gateway into mm. Candy. So, so like watching here and going, he's fun, he's he's affable, he's he's adorable, and then you can go into you know the stuff where he really is, you know, you can really see the the master of candy and stuff like trains, planes, and automobiles, Uncle yeah. Buck, um, stuff like that. He's half man, half dog. He's his own best friend. I'm your own best friend. <laughs> It's good. And his look isn't too complicated either. Like, it's just kind of like he puts on maybe a wig and then this, like, thing on his eye. And yeah, it's, it's, it. it's kind of adorable how they kind of, you know, strip it right back. And so it's it's clearly it's just, you know, him with a with a headpiece that's remote control for the ears to move. And the tail is just, like, hanging out there. It's it, it's it's really simplistic and it really plays up in the in the style of it. 
Rick Moranis in this, obviously, Dark Helmet, probably the funniest part of the movie. Uh, we saw him <laughs> in Ghostbusters, obviously, last year. Between that film and this film, he did Little Shop of Horrors with John Candy. That's probably the most notable film he did between Ghostbusters and this one. Fantastic. There's also Daphne Zuniga. I might have gotten that last name wrong. Uh, but she plays Princess Vespa. Before this, she did a John Cusack rom-com called The Sure Thing. After this, just did soap operas. She was in The Melrose Place, One Tree Hill. That's pretty much all that she did Did after you just call it the, the Melrose Place? Place. Did I say the? You said the Melrose Place. Did you find that out on the Google? <laughs> the Google? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can watch some <laughs> clips of it on the YouTube. <laughs> the YouTube, yes. Mm. There's also Joan Rivers as Dot Matrix, the robot, obviously a pioneer of comedy from the 60s onwards. And mm. aside from that, it's just a bunch of smaller roles. Michael Winslow from Police Academy is in this for a bit. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Dick Van Patten from Soylent yeah. Green is in this, which is great. And then obviously John Hurt plays his character from Alien in mm. one of the best scenes in the movie. <laughs> Not again. Um. <laughs> Dom DeLuise does the voice of Pizza the Hut. That's all I wanted to know. I wanted to know who the Pizza the Hut was. Well, now you know. The great Dom DeLuise did the voice. One and of how the... much did he get paid for that role? I think I think he would have got paid in pizza. Hell yeah. 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score is 83, though. So pretty big split there between critics and audiences. Uh, the main criticism at the time was... It's been 10 years since the first Star Wars film. This is a bit late, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Little did they know. <laughs> That's the thing, like, as, you know, as, uh, you know, I was, God, I was nine at the time. Um, I'm just there going, I didn't feel that at all. All those film critics going, oh, it's 10 years since the original. What are you doing? Come on. And I'm going, finally, come mm. on, let's do this. Let's go out and see it. I wasn't worried about timing at all. Oh, it also won worst picture at this golden raspberry wannabe night thing that yes. lasted a couple of years, <laughs> which I mean, compared to half the stuff we've seen in this year, very undeserved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a bit harsh. There's, um, you know, maybe because it was aiming high. And did have quite a budget behind it. And mm. um, we're probably going to talk about this a bit later. I'm so I'm sorry if I'm cutting your rug, as it were, Sandro. But Mel Brooks had to parlay and work with Lucas on this mm. um, just to get the rights and see if it was okay. And, and if, you know, so Lucas wouldn't shut him down. And so Lucas was kind of watching the process and actually helped out with the special effects with, you know, in, you know, in a supervisory type of role. So, because the effects are pretty good for the miniature work, you're there going for something that does not, didn't have the budget of Star Wars. Like there's some really effective stuff in there. Like the introduction of Eagle five, the opening shot of the, the ship, although it doesn't have that uniqueness of the, the ship design of, of Star Wars. It just looks like a generic spaceship. But yeah, there's some really nice uh, uh, model and effects work um, that, you know, holds up in that quaint type of mm. 80s uh, nostalgic way. That's what I was going to mention. But yeah, it cost $22.7 million, which is mm. quite expensive for a parody movie. I think most of the ones at the time, yeah, it would have been like Zucker Brothers stuff, which was maybe pushing five, barely. And especially, especially with Brooks's films, he doesn't need to spend that much money, especially, you know, it's all looking like, like I said, films from a bygone era. So um, yeah. this is a lot of money on costumes and sets and props and, and makeup as well. The makeup is, 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 is quite cute. And mm. so... Mm. Yeah, so 22.7. I've only got the US box office numbers, uh, but what do you think it made? I'll go with Zach first. 22. 
But if it was if it was too mature for Rob Lloyd to see, he practically funds half the movies back then. So um, I'm gonna have to cut like fifty percent of the budget. Uh, I'm gonna go with one hundred twenty-five. One hundred twenty-five mil. Okay, how about you, Rob? So it was how much was the budget again? 22.7. I don't think it made that much actually. So I think it ran, made around about probably thirty million. Ooh. It made thirty-eight point one million. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. M- m- maybe the rating was a little bit too mature for mm. the money-making kids that wanted to go see it, like they would with <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. And then it was also a bit too naive for a lot of the adult-going comedies who just really just want to watch the sixth Police Academy film. That's all they want. <laughs> <laughs> but even the Police Academy films got watered down, man. You know, the mm. first two, first one especially, is very racy, very rude. You know, the, mm. the, it, it isn't an 80s bawdy comedy without, you know, uh, um, a shower room scene. <laughs> um uh, but then they became, oh, we've got to focus more on family, so they leaned heavily into that. I mean, the final gag in in Police Academy is you know, oh, is a no. fellatio joke. Wah, yeah. wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. um, and then once you get to Police Academy 6 and 7, it's just all slapstick, and even 5- and 6-year-olds going, man, this is way too juvenile for me. But, yeah, it's very gentle. That's what I'm saying. Like, looking back at it now with 43-year-old, you know, uh, 20, 21 eyes – there's nothing really, like I said, there's nothing naughty in there or vulgar. It's just very cheeky. It's just, and it's, it's, and it's, it's a cute cheeky, like lines like, you know, Snotty beamed me twice last night. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and lines like, I bet she gives great helmet just goes over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the rudest jokes will go over the head of any child anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, there were no taglines when this was originally released, weirdly enough. So no taglines to talk about. Aww. Which means we'll move on to the movie. Zach, it opens with an opening crawl, much like Star Wars. What's the exposition? Dump it on us. The, uh, the whole exposition? Well, all you really need to know is the plan is to kidnap the princess blackmail the king drop the shields to the planet and take all the air and that's it that's the only thing you got that but yeah it opens with it opens with some star wars credits where it explains the basic plot line of hey we're the space balls and we're the bad guys and we're going over to uh druidia yep. to uh kidnap the princess to blackmail her at, uh, on her wedding day yeah, she's getting married to Prince Valium, who was always sleeping. Because he's the last prince in the galaxy. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yes, uh, I mean, and of course, as the, crawl, as the scroll goes up to the top, it shows that last gag. If you can read this, you don't need glasses. Nice. Yep, well, fun fact. <laughs> In the cinema, I need glasses, otherwise I could probably not read that. So it's not wrong. <laughs> oh, dear. And then we see, much like the opening of Star Wars, which is the name of the first film, that's the whole name of, of the first Star Wars film from 1977. It's just called Star Wars, mm. fun fact. Mm. Um, mm. Along a ship kind of passes by the screen, and the, the joke is that it's very long. It's a very long ship. The music gives out at one point, and then it has to come back in, replay what it played before. Well, that's the thing where, yeah, that people who talk about seeing Star Wars for the first time, they talk about that opening shot, and it's kind of lost on us of the generation that saw it for the first time on the small screen. Um, but that opening shot of 
the Star Destroyer going across and and it just keeps on going and people going, when will this stop? And it, to create this imposing image, um, it re- really was a palpable moment in cinema for people to go, this is, you know, this is something new and exciting and we've never felt this way to actually feel the ship go over your head and feel it get, be so big. So to parody that, again, it's 10 years too late, but it's it, 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 it works. It works in that same sense of going, get it? It's a biggie. <laughs> yep. And it breaks for no one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The amount of meta references or the amount of in-jokes they put in there about you know, movie making. Um, <laughs> you know, my first real introduction to that style of comedy is in the Muppet movie when they go to yeah. the part, well, you know, here's the script for the Muppet movie to find out where we're all at. Um, so to actually mm. do a scene where, well, well, we'll get to it, like with the whole, which scene, where are we now? Where now? What's happening now is now. <laughs> what? Now. And the, the exposition by Colonel Sanders at the start go, when we capture Princess Vespa, we will you know, blackmail her father, King mm. Roland, to give us all this, to get the oxygen. Yeah. Everybody got that? <laughs> yes. Sometimes it works really, really well. Uh, sometimes it's a bit ham-fisted, uh, like with the, uh, mm. the, the, the beaming scene, and then Mel Brooks goes, <laughs> yeah. Well, we watched on Star Trek, and we go, we got it now. We know you're parroting Star Trek. You don't need to telegraph it. So, uh, yeah, the, yeah, but the meta jokes in this are really, you know, there's some of them, they're hit and miss. Some of them are really clever. Some of them are a bit too ham-fisted. Yeah, mm. but, you know, it's a comedy. About 70% of the jokes hitting is the best you can ask for a lot of the time with these sort of films anyway. I, I appreciate the 30%. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the, when he goes, well, it works on Star Trek. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I've watched Star Trek. I know what beaming is. He's talking to me. Uh, we see Vespa getting married to the last prince, but then she runs out of the door um, and she's like, mm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not doing this. With that great gag of, we see Princess Vespa come down the aisle, go straight down the ramp and out of the reception. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> that guy's great. The, 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 the priest is fantastic. He's got the whole, hey, how's it going? How are we doing? Right there? Okay. So she jumps into her spaceship with the robot, the C-3PO aunt uh, ca- character <laughs> who's in this. Yeah, the, they hop into the Mercedes. Yes. Uh. Yeah, the Mercedes spaceship is really cool. I always wanted one of those when I was a kid. I'm there going, that's a really cool spaceship that looks like a Mercedes Benz with the, the rocket blasters out the back. I think Elon Musk is with you. you know? He loves <laughs> sending the cars into space. I mean, between this and Cyclone, which is up on our Patreon right now, the most recent Patreon episode, oh. like the 80s really did predict how Elon Musk would make cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's a fact. It's a fact. <laughs> um, we also see the space Winnebago uh, <laughs> with Lone Star and Bath in it. I like that. I really like that Lone Star is both Han Solo and Luke, and also Indy. He's all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's all of them. He he has his uh, cowboy hat on for I think five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just to really get it in, get it. He's a space cowboy, but yeah, Pullman's good in this. Mm. Pullman's very good. You can see why he became quite a star. He's got a lovable charm about him, and he's sort of like he's playing the whole half, you know, three day growth type thing. But there's a there's a there's a tenderness to him, which is it's, it's a hard balance to get, but he gets it really nice. Yeah, because mm. like a lot of the time with parody movies like Spaceballs that directly rip off one particular movie, I always find that the cast 
I just kind of cast to look like the original film. Yeah. And that's almost the case here with some of them, but with him, he does look a little bit like Ford, but also, yeah, no, it's quite well done, and you can definitely see how he did have a career after this, unlike a lot of other comedian uh parody cast members from yeah. stuff like scary movie and he plays it he plays it down the line you know there's not he plays he plays the straight guy he gets he gets some funny lines in there mm. but um yeah he's 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 playing it as a role he's not there going for the gags he's not there yeah. going for the you know to you know put a bit of extra pepper on that punchline he brought the most important thing of the the parody which was the the lovable rascal yeah. aspect i feel and yeah. that that made him feel like he was a parody of the you know luke and indiana jones and Han Solo, all cowboys that have ever existed, ever, you know, you could feel that sort of um, energy coming off him, which was very important, I felt. Yeah, definitely. In this moment, Zach, he does get a phone call from a particular villain of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. My favourite villain. Uh, Pizza the Hut. Uh, I love it. I love that he got called out by the robot, and then it just pans to this this blubbering, cheesy pepperoni mess that is called Pizza the Hut. It looks absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it's so gross, and it's such a dumb joke, because it's like Pizza Hut yeah. and Jabba the Hut. And I was like, oh! oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, actually like, I actually like the makeup they do on um, the Vinny character. Yeah. Uh, and that guy moves quite well, like with the with the glitching, like he's an android. Yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> the defined lines are on his face. It's really yeah. quite beautifully done. I visibly cringed when he leaned over and took like a bite out of the pizza because he oh, gets and he leans it and he leans in too far, and so you get he gets cheese on the brim. Yes, of he his gets hat. cheese on all the makeup, the yeah, good makeup yeah. as well. It's like no. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no other retakes now. Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. It was just, it was not, I I haven't seen this movie in a long time and I did not remember this at all. <laughs> so it just came out of the blue and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> oh my goodness. I think you can almost see the chin of the guy inside Pizza the Hut yeah, as well. Yeah, no, you definitely can. You can definitely see it. It was, uh, yeah. Oh, jeez. They've got to pay him one million dollars. One million space mm. bucks. Thank oh, you that's very right. Much. Space bucks. <laughs> space bucks. Very important. We then cut to Princess Vespa. Um, Aunt Dot is telling her a bunch of things, but she can't hear because those giant, like, Princess Leia, like, side of the head <laughs> buns she's got on are their headphones. They're noise cancelling headphones. No, they're headphones. They're headphones. Uh, headphones. They're great. I wrote that down. Hairphones. I'm a comedian. We then also see, yeah, the president of Spaceball. We get the line, of course, with Snotty. Um, Snotty binged mm. me up two times last night. Uh, yeah, it was wonderful. I like that Snotty is just the Scottish guy they've got on the ship as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, lock one, lock two, lock three, lock Lawland. Very nice. Yeah. Very good guy. Yeah. Good jokes. Uh, I, I liked when he said Star Trek because then it made Star Trek canon. And later on, the guy does the Vulcan neck pinch but does it wrong. So they clearly... <laughs> They've clearly watched Star Trek in this universe, right? The amount of verses within this multiverse mm. is, you know, you've got Star <laughs> Wars, you've got Star Trek, you've got Planet of the Apes. It's uh, mm. it's all there. Yep. 
but my question is, which movies have they seen and which movies are just happened to be in this movie? That's the real question mm. I have. Well, if we remember yeah. the moment when they pull out Spaceballs, the video, yeah. and the, the movies they have watched are just all Mel Brooks' <laughs> previous work. <laughs> <Mel Brooks's laughs> yeah, of course. The most important movies to go watch now in your cinema. Yeah, the joke with him being beamed backwards so that his head's on backwards <laughs> doesn't... I don't know. It, it's probably the first joke in the movie that fell flat for me, but it's also still funny enough. And it's that whole, mm. well, it's that whole, you know, what do you do with no money at all? It's just that clever little. I mean, it's a stupid mm. gag, and I, it's 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 in the thirty percent that Jack cel- uh, that Zach celebrates. <laughs> um, mm, absolutely, but it's that whole case of well, we can't, you know, we don't have the special effects budget to do a whole thing of his head on back the front, so let's just put Mel Brooks in a back you know, wear a suit backwards and then had his crutch area to make it look like a huge ass. That was the really the piece de resistance where he pointed to his ass and was like, why didn't anybody tell me my ass was this big? <laughs> and then everyone in there laughs. Ha <laughs> ha. The president's head's on backwards. <laughs> so you're basking in that 30% right there. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was me. That was me. I was like, <laughs> The cringe is real. But if you want the cream of the crop, then you get the next moment where Rick Moranis tells all the people to shoot at Princess Vespa's ship. But they're always they're always missing. And he's like, Why why are you missing? Why aren't you shooting at the nose? You're actually shooting at the ship, and we see that all of the people are cross-eyed. Mm. He's an asshole, sir. What? I know he's an asshole, but what's his name? That's his name, sir. Asshole. Major asshole. Gunner's mate, first mate, asshole. Who made him a gunner? I did. He's my cousin. <laughs> How many assholes we got on this ship? Yo. <laughs> As a kid, I love that joke because swearing yeah, yeah. is makes things a hundred times funnier. And have I really evolved from that? No. <laughs> yeah, no. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. It's again, it's that it's that naive, juvenile, twelve year old boy giggling, going, yeah. he's crossing his eyes and he's called asshole. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of Monty Python esque, like oh, that whole sequence yeah, yeah. as well. It, it kind of reminds me of a Monty Python sketch. Yeah, there's some good like Monty Python esque like scenes that happen in this movie. I feel like the um like the the movie tape where they're watching the movie. I mm. feel like that was also very Monty Python esque. It's very much taking it out, taking you out of the narrative to comment and be conscious of the fact you are in a film, which um, Brooks never really did. Like, he has those moments, like in Young Frankenstein, where he goes, you, you know, your hump has moved, I have a hump. But it's very much a case of, it's like a moment looking to the audience to break out, but then back into it. Whereas this, there are whole sections where the characters are referring to the fact that they are in a movie. Oh, I turned off the movie! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> you turned off the whole movie! Oops. Put it back on now! Oh, yeah, and we have to pay respects to the guy who died on set as well. Um... The boom mic guy who got dropped <laughs> off in that. <laughs> See, R.I.P. Man, uh, your sacrifice was not in vain. I hope he was mentioned in the mem- you know in memoriam <laughs> at the yeah, Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And had his death in slow motion in black and white. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the genuine pause from Sandra and I going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. And then we went, "Oh, Zach." Uh, so the king of Druidia. Uh, he calls up Lone Star and is like, I'll give you a million bucks if you save the princess. A million mm. space, space bucks. bucks. <laughs> In space! But please, if you could just save the Mercedes. 
If there's any chance, could you save the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it's good. Yeah, and uh, and he goes over to rescue Vespa. Uh, she's in the tractor beam though for Dark Helmet's ship, and so he has to he has to jam the ship. Mm. That's another. That's another really for me as a kid. I, when I was a kid, I loved it. In my wanky teenage years, I went ugh. But watching it now, forty three, I went, oh, that's cute. That's a cute. Funny, cute gag. It's nothing clever, but you're allowed. You're allowed to have that. And it, it, it yeah. Seeing the special effect of the big jam jar, <laughs> yeah, and they had to put jam say, yeah. on the lid just to make it clear for you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so in your face. This is such a dumb joke, yes. sort of thing. You know, it's like they 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 hammed it up so much. Yeah, but it it comes out of left field as well, which really helps it. I like. It's like, yeah. all right, we're jamming the radar, and then you just see the, uh, in space, slow-mo, this jam jar slam into the radar. It's good. When the radar gets jammed, uh, the person whose reaction we see to this is Michael Winslow from the Police Academy films <laughs> uh, that we have been going through all this year. I recognise those beeps and bops. <laughs> and the sweeps. And the sweeps, of course. Can't forget the sweeps. It's funny. He's he's funnier in this scene. He's more funnier in this scene, rather, than he is in all of the Police Academy sequels we've watched. <laughs> yeah. My, my, yeah the, he's, great, he's great in the first two, Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, the, the moment... <laughs> what I love is when he does the voice of him speaking through the com. Sure. Yeah. Happy here, sure. And then so you don't need that. And he puts it down again. Yeah, it's then. dumb. It's dumb <laughs> and it's funny. And so then Rick Moranis grabs the thing and rips it off its thing so he speaks normally. It's funny. It's a very, and it's a it's a funny, silly voice, and he can do funny, silly voices well. And it's just it's that whole old gag of, you know. The guy getting frustrated. It's like Kermit get fru- gets frustrated at Fozzie and goes, "We well, get out of here, guys." It does the exact. Mm. It's what Rick Moranis is doing. That same thing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, because in the Police Academy movies, I feel like his jokes get dragged out far too long mm. in the later movie. Like we've seen him in the first one, we've seen him in the second one. He's done these things. He has his bit, and it's really good. And then in the later ones, we see him do it again, and we've already seen it in those first movies. And he does it for extra long because they need him to pad time because he's the only funny one. Yeah, there's like there's cute moments like in the first one, like Mahoney's feeling dejected because I think he's going to be kicked out and stuff like that. And Winslow's character, Jew, I can't remember his name, I don't know. Um, just goes past as if he's in a helicopter. Goes and stops. He goes, "You want a lift?" He goes, "No, I'm fine." He goes, "Okay," and just goes off like that. That. I like as opposed to going yeah. and now it's the moment where we have Michael Winslow be Michael Winslow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, Police Academy 5, Patreon next month. Can't wait. Yay. Oh. Is that Citizens on Patrol? No. no, no, no. Um, Mission Mission Miami. Yes, the Miami yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay, um, shout out to Rene Abujan while playing the bad guy in that. He's absolutely amazing in that film. Alright. So yeah, may he rest in peace. Uh, he was Odo in D Space Nine. 
nine. Oh, him? Yeah, he, he's the one who kid, he's the one who kidnaps um, Lassard. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. What the hell? We're gonna we're gonna save that for Patreon. <laughs> well, if Rob Lloyd's endorsing it, you have to check out Patreon yeah. now. I am only endorsing <laughs> Rene Boudinard in that film. He's endorsing the entire movie. It must be good. Fake news. Do not take my word out of context. <laughs> I do not endorse this. Rob Lloyd loves the entire franchise, especially the movies <laughs> after two. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to Spaceballs. Um, <laughs> uh, the Lone Star and Bath, they pick up Vespa and Dot. They've got lots of luggage uh, in, in the ship. Uh, it's a running joke. It's very fun. They need to escape and go into hyperactive mode. <laughs> So they do that, and then to catch up, Dark Helmet is like, all right, we got to go to ludicrous speed. <laughs> oh, no, not ludicrous speed. And then Ludicrous from the Fast and Furious franchise comes up and is like, you want my help? And I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> and then um, it goes to plaid. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they go to plaid. Um, that scene, that scene when they do the emergency stop, and mm. Moranis goes head first into <laughs> the front of the ship and he comes up and his helmet's all caved in and his reaction when he's there going, fine, how have you been? Smoke if you got him. My brother and I used to like copy that all the time. Like we just, we mm. found out when you're at that age, of, like nine and 10, you're going, you can pretend to be a movie character who falls off screen into a mat by just falling on the couch. So we'd just stand up and go, smoke if you got him. Yeah. <laughs> Fall on the couch. And we'd laugh. We would do that for an hour and a half. And that, you know, remember the days when you can just do one gag for an hour and a half and it would be fun. Oh, that's right. I still do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally liked how the brakes said never use <laughs> because they don't, they don't break for no one. Yeah. They don't break for nobody. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the crew is having to uh, stop on a desert planet. Wow. wow. Original script, am I right? Um, <laughs> because they're out of fuel. Shouldn't have put five bucks in the tank. <laughs> yeah. I particularly like the crash scene is done quite well. And there's that shot uh, head on with it coming over the dune and it hits the sand and the sand sprays onto the screen and the, the Winnebago comes and comes to a halt. That's actually a really impressive shot. It's shot really nicely, wide angle, low, and you see the size of the Winnebago, the immensity of the crash. It's actually a beautifully shot scene. Mm. Uh, like they mm. go, I was watching it going, that's really well done. Yeah. yeah. There's some moments where I went, yeah, this is actually a good scene. I liked the scene where they exit the Winnebago and are walking across the dunes and you just got Lawrence of Arabia style music playing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very funny stuff. And then, yeah, while that is happening, while they are trying to find uh, some people to give them fuel, we then get Dark Helmet and crew. They're like, we don't know where they went. Guess we're going to have to watch the movie and find out. Oh, it's it's a masterpiece. It is a, And then to have it get to the point where, uh, when will then be now soon? And Dark Helmet is just completely lost. And then he goes, who, what, when, who? <laughs> Hilarious. I like that as well, how they're like, prepare to fast forward. Prepare to fast forward. Because i got to fast forward through the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fast forward, fast forwarding, sir. It's, all, it's, a, it's a fantastic scene. Really well done. And that gets followed up by the crew walking through the desert. And one of them's like, water, water. The robot's like, oil, oil. And Princess Vespa's saying, room service, room service. <laughs> yep. They pass out and the Jawa parody shows up. I wrote down in brackets, is this problematic? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think it is. The ding-dings. <laughs> oh, 
the good uh, old the little dinks. Oh dear. Oh dear. They that they take them to an underground cavern, which is the temple of yogurt. Don't for, don't forget the the most iconic scene, the virgin alarm. Oh yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't forget about that. That was my virgin alarm. It was meant to go off before you do. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good line though, to be honest. And then you have Mel Brooks come out as as yogurt, obviously, and I love the fact it's just him on his knees. And they don't try to cover it up in any other way. Kind of like with John Candy just wearing a, you know, a dog hat. It's it, it, it's it's simple and it, it's effective and it works and it doesn't step it out so far from um, the reality that they are creating. It's good. It's good. And he teaches them the power of merchandising, which is very funny. <laughs> Where the real money of the movies made. I always want them to release a Spaceballs, uh, the flamethrower. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Again, Elon Musk is with you. He, he, he's <laughs> he taking did. notes throughout this whole movie, <laughs> and he's just doing everything by the books. But there is uh, Spaceballs, the sheet, the the toilet paper as well. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> yeah, well, don't don't forget the Schwartz. Oh, yes. Um, that's where, where, um, where we have to learn how to use the power of the Schwartz. <laughs> oh, and also... Lone Star has this medallion where uh, we got an info dump a little earlier where he was a uh, oh, yeah, he this... was an orphan left on the doorstep of a monastery who couldn't tell him where he was from because they'd taken a vow of silence. Vow of silence. <laughs> yeah. Wah, wah. Um, and he's got this medallion that he doesn't know uh, what it says and he shows it to Yogurt and Yogurt reads it and then is like, yes, I know what this means. It'll be revealed to you later. <laughs> It's a good it's a good old classic gag in there where he goes to read it. Can you read it? No, I'm just clearing my throat. <laughs> classic. 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 Oh, and the one joke that I think I, I think I saw this scene on TV, like Channel 7, before I watched the movie, it's the scene that got me interested in eventually watching the movie which is when the president of Spaceball is like, all right, you've got to comb the desert. And uh. they cut to the Dark Helmet and crew, and they're just combing the desert with actual combs. <laughs> yeah. Like, can we take it this too literally? This is one of these more naive type representations of things at the moment where this is Mel Brooks' attempt at going, you know what, I'll, I'll show diversity. And how will we show that? We'll have a black guy being black by saying a black liney type of black, 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 where he he's the one who goes, we ain't found shit. Going, uh, okay, that's yeah. quite novel of you, Mel. <laughs> letting, letting the one black guy character have one line doing the most stereotypical, you know, white guy version of what a black yeah. black guy says. He also has an, an afro comb. Yeah, it's the afro comb. Yeah, it's the two black guys with the afro comb. I do like the gag, though. It's very silly, very ridiculous, and it's not one that makes you laugh out loud, but I just love it so much. Um, with Dark Helmet out in the desert, he's got a massive pith helmet, which I really like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wrote that down as well. I love his massive pith helmet. <laughs> and it opens up like a door as opposed to the yeah, big slide, yeah. but the, yeah. the gag is just the piece de resistance of just absolute stupidity is that he screams to the people far away and he uses the megaphone to speak to <laughs> Colonel Sanders right next to him. I yeah. fucking love that gag. If I ever get to make movies, I will have a gag like that in every single fucking movie I make. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great gag. It's a great gag. I'd love... For you to have that scene almost exactly in your movie, just out of context. <laughs> yeah, out just, of context. Just yeah, yeah. Uh, we just we just cut away 
to a parody <laughs> of Rip Moranis and a parody of George Wood just doing that scene. Yeah. No explanation at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah fantastic. Uh, he uses his dark uh, Schwartz powers to uh, call Vespa. <laughs> Not the underside powers. Yeah, I got the upside. I got the downside. It's the downside is a Schwartz. <laughs> the downside. Is he uses that power to uh, call Vespa out of the temple and he kidnaps her along with uh, the robot and takes them to Spaceball 1. Yes. Oh, mm. uh, uh, Planet Spaceball, don't they? Planet Space. Oh, yes, actually, yes. No, it is. Yes, mm. Planet Spaceball. The prison. The prison area. Yes. And so Lone Star's like, all right, guess I'm going to have to go. Uh, Yogurt fills up the Winnebago, gives him a fortune cookie, uh, which is important for later, and a ring as well. And he says, I'll see you in Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. The search for mm. more money. Um, can I just say, one thing we didn't mention is when he's doing the training of how to use the Swartz and he lifts the gigantic uh, Swartz um, uh, Yogurt statue and it comes crashing down on <laughs> Bath's foot and he pulls it out. And he's got a massive flat foot. Ha <laughs> ha! That's a... That's a 30%er, I think. You, you can take that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. That's a Looney Tunes joke. That feels out of place here. Yeah, it was. It was. It really was. I, ro- I rolled my eyes. That was yeah. good. Oh, wow. That, oh, wow. Must be bad. You've taken it in your 30% with a rolled eye. That is something, uh, something to be mentioned. Oh, no, I loved it. I can roll my eyes at things and love them at roll the same time. Roll your eyes time. affection. That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. You can yeah, do that. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like every dad joke ever. If I'm the one that receives it, I roll my eyes, but I enjoy it. When I'm given it, they roll their eyes and enjoy it. You know, it's 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 you. Yeah. I can take that so many ways, was, Sandro. I am taking that out of context. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Please do. What isn't in the thirty percent though is when Helmet plays with his toys. That's great. <laughs> oh fuck, that's incredible. That is such a good scene. Oh oh no no yes no 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 no. <laughs> oh, your helmet is so big, sir, sir. What? Uh, we've uh, in- intercepted whatever. I can't remember. What. <laughs> Did you say anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. <laughs> I didn't see you playing with your dolls, sir. Oh, it's great. It's very, it's very juvenile as well. That all they do is kiss as well. Like it, it it's mm. got that like that child. Oh yeah, he, mm. he's very much playing dark helmet as like a spoiled child and he does it so beautifully there's not a hint of menace in him he is so Mm. great oh i don't know he can be pretty terrifying the torture scene oh Oh my goodness (laughs) yeah because uh he's gonna blackmail the king of druidia by uh threatening to give princess vespa a reverse nose job to revert her nose back to its original crooked state no <laughs> she got it for a sweet 16 present so lone star and crew have to break her out of prison they get into the prison they hear vespa singing a prison song in a bass tone which is <laughs> yeah. which is a joke i enjoyed it <laughs> nobody knows the trouble i see <laughs> nobody knows but jesus, jesus. <laughs> that's very good that's very funny they break her out and then there is a firefight. Before we get to how it's filmed, Rob, I do want to mention there's only one Wilhelm scream in this movie and it's in this action sequence. All I'm saying is that if I was somehow involved in the writing of Spaceballs, I would have put 10 Wilhelm screams in one scene. <laughs> yeah. And this is what... Oh, in one scene. I could see that. <laughs> just one action scene. <laughs> All of them just go... Ow, 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 ow. 
<laughs> That's probably been done in another parody movie, but, you know. Um, I, w- I do want to mention the great gag. It's another meta gag that's done beautifully well is the whole, they capture the stunt doubles instead. Yes. And it's and it's got a cameo from uh, Stefan uh, Toborowski, who is a character actor. He was Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day. He's the one who goes, Ned, Ned Ryerson, Phil. Um, and he's also in Sneakers, and he's done lots of other stuff. He's in uh, the earlier seasons of um, Glee, uh, and he shows up as the rather effeminate cab. Turn around, please. Oh, yes. ah. mm. Yeah, he's good. Um, mm. He does a great little cameo in there. But um, yeah, what I want to talk about is the scenes of them like running through the corridors, the, the Spaceballs troopers coming in and lining up. It's all shot low angle, wide wide lens and it's shot like the scenes in star wars when they're running through the death star mm. yeah, yeah, yeah it's shot beautifully so i don't know if brooks shot that or if it was second unit or whatever but it's a beautiful little tribute because it's it's done for real like you know when they go let's go trying to get through there the door is closing it it's not shot for laughs it, it you're laughing at it because it's it's a homage. It's a tribute to that. It's shot really well. Those, those, and the and the the fight scenes and the shooting and like I think is the Wilhelm scene done when he shoots the guy in the ass. I don't know. Um, uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe with the Vespa doing her Rambo scene, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> That's also a great moment. And again, that's a moment from sort of like of the 80s going, well, wouldn't it be funny to have the woman be the action star and then we'll do a gag of not bad for a girl. But, you know, that's it. Go to the Alien franchise if you want to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah which is ahead yeah. of its time. Um, but yeah, so it's just like it's shot really well. That's, I will not have a word against it. I'm going, this looks really good. At the low angle wide lens um, shooting of that scene is really well done. So if Brooks was behind that, well done. If he sort of like deferred to second unit, it's really clever. All right. We're almost at the end of the movie now because uh, Spaceballs have found out the uh, the code for the air shield. <laughs> Oh, I can't remember what the code is, though. I thought I wrote it down, but I can't remember. Oh, Sandro, do you know what the code uh, is? Yeah, can you remember it off the top of your head? It's a hard one. Is it one, two, four, three, seven? Okay, no, no. Okay, okay, we'll sound it off. I'll start it off, then Sandro, then Zach, okay? Right. And right, the code right. is one. 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 Two. 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 Three. Three. Four. Ah, three. <laughs> four. 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 Five. Five. Five? One, two, three, four, five. That's the most ridiculous combination I've ever heard. It's the kind of thing an idiot would have on his luggage. <laughs> the president walks in. Oh, it says the same combination I use on my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> Change yeah. the combination on my luggage. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very hey. sad. Hey. Well done, well done. Doing Good scene. password Good scene. jokes before password jokes were password jokes. <laughs> it's good it's good we're ahead of its time they reach the air shield and they need a way to get the air out of uh, the planet to druidia to their ship so to a parodied soundtrack of 2001 space Odyssey, <laughs> uh spaceball one uh transforms into a maid with a vacuum cleaner again another in universe transformers is now a part of this universe as well <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. that's what i wrote down there's a very clever gag in there. Well, for me, it was clever, but I'm not a clever man. So I took it as clever. The whole thing is transformation ready. 
and then he you know, does uh, ready for transmutation or whatever it is, and then he and then they do a Kafka reference, and I didn't get that when I was a kid until I get to uni when I find out about a Kafka, and they're going, oh, that's good. I liked it, yeah. And then they followed that up with um with Lone Star using the Schwartz to to throw the vacuum into Rivia into reverse. From suck to blow. <laughs> She's gone from suck to blow. To have Mel Brooks, uh, uh, George Weiner, and and, and Rick Moranis there going suck, suck. <laughs> So dumb. So dumb. So now they've got to blow up the Mega Maid, so they fly into the ear of the maid uh, to get to the self-destruct button in the central nerve or something. It's got to be in the middle of the brain, you know. Yeah. That's just—it's just logical. That's right, and I do—I do like the Vulcan pinch gag. That's really clever. Mm. Yes. What the hell are you doing, Vulcan neck pinch? Nah, it's in the smaller neck right here, or there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I wrote down. I love the I love these Good. silly little references. They're great, and the very—and it's a little bit violent. The violent work of um, uh, what what <laughs> what Lone Star does with the shaving cream in the eyes and the mouth. Oh my god. <laughs> Yes. My goodness me, that would have tasted disgusting. That poor, that poor stunt double. He's about to hit the button, but Dark Helmet shows up and is like, at last, we meet for the first time, for the last time. And I like the moment he takes it off. First time, last time. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we fight, I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. But yeah, the the fight scene is actually it. it you know, obviously after we've seen the prequels where they put more time and effort into a choreographed fight scene with a lightsaber than they do into writing a coherent script with you know well-rounded characters. Um, but it's oh, quite... I can tell you that those fight scenes aren't so good as you think either. <laughs> Why is that? Because they killed someone. No, no, one of the scenes, a lightsaber goes through someone and they just remove the lightsaber so that, uh, you know... Is that in two? Yeah, it's in two. It's it's in two, yeah. Um, but the fight scene is cute. Uh, uh, very clearly a stunt double doing all the jumps and the flips. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which it kind of forgives itself for because they have shown the stunt doubles earlier on. Yeah. So, yeah. You kind of, so I'm there watching it on, you know, Blu-ray standard definition going that's clearly not bill murray uh bill pullman but they go he did the gag where they acknowledge the stunt doubles so it's okay exactly yeah yeah yeah. the stunt double is a character in the movie so so it's 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 only canon that he would be there he's best friends with the dude who's in the vespa dress (laughs) yeah there's so many jokes in this fight sequence though there's the moment where they ignite them and they're like it seems like our schwartz is the same size uh, your schwartz <laughs> yep. is as big as mine, <laughs> big as mine. Yep. they get the their schwartz twisted that's done really well it's actually done mm. really well how they like twist around each other it's very cute the moment where helmet kills one of the crew members is so out of the blue that i think it works <laughs> it does yep. and especially he's so childish he goes eh he did it. And they go, what? Yeah. But it turns out, you know, the power of the Schwartz is not in in the Schwartz itself. It's in <laughs> you the whole time. Forget the ring. I found it in a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't entirely add up because then Dark Helmet's also got a ring. <laughs> it's like, eh. <laughs> look. He's looked a lot more expensive though, with the like the snake on it. Yeah, true. Yeah, don't don't question it. <laughs> um, and so he reflects a shot back at Helmet. It hits his groin, pushes him towards the self destruct button, and knocks him out. Great. Uh, which sets the Mega Maid to yeah self destruct. And that happens as we get a song. We're the space balls. Watch out! Watch out! 
And we see the the entire circus evacuate. Cancel the three ring circus. I'm the bearded lady. What are you, one of the freaks? And then you have one of the one of the more iconic lines in the film. Get back here, you fat bearded bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could never get away with that line nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And probably for the best. <laughs> probably a good thing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, you have to stop it. I can't. It's irreversible. Just like my raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. It was such a dumb line. Yeah. Just out of the blue, I had to write that one down. It was like, oh, jeez. And and my one of my favorite lines. I can't make decisions. I'm a president. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, which is aged pretty well. <laughs> so yep, they are well not entirely dead as we'll find out later. But the Mega Maid has been destroyed. Back on Druidia, they see that the Pizza the Hut got stuck in a ship or something and ate himself. Got stuck in his car and ate himself to death. Yes. R.I.P. <laughs> Terrible way to go. And so they drop Vespa off at the castle, head off to a space diner, uh, which is where they see John Hurt there laughing with all his friends. Yep. With all, yeah, with everyone pretty much a, a representation of the, the crew of the Nostromo. With, yeah, not the original cast. Um, little fun fact. Was this the first time that John Hurt worked with Mel Brooks? Uh, it's mm. not, is it? He was in History of the World Part 1 in the scene where they do uh, The Last Supper. They um, Brooks got John Hurt to play Jesus. <laughs> so... And so, and then, and then Brooks comes in as the waiter, you know, the very Jewish waiter serving them all at uh, the Last Supper. But yeah, John Hurt had already done a Mel Brooks film, so it wasn't that much of a leap. So, because a lot of people go, "Oh, why would John Hurt have done that?" It's amazing they go and go. No, nah, he'd already worked with Brooks before. And, yeah, and, yeah. Ah, that's cool. Because yeah, like at this stage, like he'd already done like 1984. I remember mm. he'd already like he was an award-winning actor at this point, and for him to just have a cameo in Spaceballs is is still quite oh, funny. He's a, yeah, he'd been nominated for an Oscar for uh, Elephant Man and for Midnight Excre- Express. He'd won a couple of Baftas for Elephant Man and Midnight Express. Um, eighty the. 80s was an interesting time for Hurt. He was doing a lot of... He did some great stuff. He also did a lot of shit. He did, like, uh, 80s and 90s was uh, Hurt doing anything. Like, he'd do something incredible like Rob Roy, but then he would do Frankenstein Unbound. But, yeah, so it wasn't unprecedented for him to do a cameo like that, but it's... it's He just commits to it like a motherfucker, and it is so good. Yeah. You should bring this man some water. Water my ass! Yeah, water my bring ass! Bring this guy some pepto bismol. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a and it's a shit gag as well. Yeah, you know, we're on Pluto. How'd you know, Harry, from the bar? What? <laughs> yeah, the it's not really a xenomorph. It looks more like a muppet, but it does a song. It's very good. <laughs> Hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. Hello, my damn girl. It, it does the um the singing frog song from um the Looney Tunes cartoon. It's so good. It's fantastic. Great moment. And ends with a classic American gag. Check, please. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Back on the ship, Star opens the fortune cookie, which is a, a recorded video message thing from yep. Yogurt. From Yogurt, yeah. Which does lend the question, what would happen if he just ate it? But, <laughs> you know, we'll never find that out. Yeah. The message says that he is actually a prince. The medallion is a royal birth certificate. He is a prince. And so he's like, all right, well, then I'm going to go back to Druidia. I'm going to go marry Vespa. Yeah, cut to giant maid head, which looks awfully like 
um, some sort of other giant statue of a lady's head <laughs> crashing onto a planet which just so happens to have some ape-like uh, humanoids riding around on horses. Oh, and they talk a little bit like this, don't they? Yes, hello. Oh. They talk very British, because of course we all know that they had um, Roddy McDowell playing the role of Cornelius in, um, yep. in Planet of the Apes, and most of them spoke very properly. If they were American, <laughs> yeah. they spoke in their proper American, sort of like they're all in Frasier. Mm. Um the, the, I'm not sure. I have to check. But the makeup is amazing on the apes. It looks exactly the same, almost. It's incredible. Space balls. Oh shit! The egg is the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Then yeah, it ends with Star and Vespa being married, and and that's uh, that's the movie. That's Space Balls. Yeah. That is Space Balls. Now is the time when we where we rate things. Uh, is this an oldie or is this a goodie, Zach? What do you what do you reckon? Ah. Oh. We've talked about it for a while, and through my decision, even even with some of the jokes, uh, I'd say a very very small amount of jokes landing flat. I feel I feel like this movie, even even itself dating itself, still holds up today and mm. is better than a lot of movies we have nowadays. So it has to be a goodie, even with it itself referencing itself, dating itself, sort of thing. It's still just fantastic. It's really good. It's real fun time. It's just great. All right, a goodie from you. I'm going to give it a goodie as well. I think it's really good. It's probably on the same level. It's like an airplane. I think in terms of parody movies, I do still prefer like Top Secret, Naked Gun. I don't know why. I don't know why. Wet Hot American Summer is probably my favorite parody movie of all time, mainly because like those films don't parody Pacific movies. They parody the genre. And I think I kind of prefer that. But for a parody movie, this is incredible and it's very fun and it's mel brooks so of course i'm gonna like it so yeah it's a goodie for me as well how about you rob yes my my journey has ended up with me starting uh, at nine years old thinking it was the goodiest of goodies to you know my you know late teens early 20s thinking it's the the oldest of oldies and now i'm at an age where i can be relaxed in myself and relaxed in in this film to accept uh, what works really, really works. What doesn't, I don't. I'm not angered by. I can. Ju- I just dismiss as, oh, that's a bit of silly datedness. Um, but it, 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 it's a, it's, it's a good fun romp. So yeah, I give it a goodie as well. Excellent. Well, one, one could say it's an oldie, but, but a goodie. A goodie. <laughs> it does what the title says. Wow, incredible. Uh, we are almost out of time, so uh, we're not going to do the add and remove or checklist this week, uh, which is a shame, but that, that's fine. I do very quickly want to talk about, though, the sequels. There has been talks about a sequel for ages. Rick Moranis said a few years ago that he thought a title like Spaceballs 3, The Search for Spaceballs 2 would be funny, and that is a very <laughs> funny title. So, <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. But chances are it'll never happen. I mean, Mel Brooks hasn't made a movie since Dracula, so probably won't. There is an animated TV show, though. Uh, A bunch of episodes are on YouTube. I saw two minutes and went, this is not for me. But Mel Brooks, he voices yogurt, so that's cool. All right. Time for raving reviews. We all know how the segment goes. I get the reviews from Rotten Tomato. I get it from the audience, which is clearly right this time. Mm. Maybe for once. Um, They're clearly (laughs) right on their tomato meter. Um, so we, we obviously have to have some really good reviews this week. The way this works is you have 0.5 to 5. You've got to guess what score it is. I'll tell you the review. Are we ready? Let's go. Hayden. He says Spaceballs is a hilarious parody of the Star Wars movies. Uh, 
Three and a half. Ooh, three and a half. All right. Yeah, I'll give it four. You get four? Ah, it's three and a half. Hey, Santos no. starting strong. We have Karen. He says, this movie was so stupid. I don't understand any of it. Much like my husband can't understand why I'm always mad at him. I married him six years ago and he still never once made dinner for me. I always make dinner. I always clean up. I always do everything around the house. And what does he do? Nothing. Jesus. When I was little, my father would always help my mother in everything. But Jerry, Jerry doesn't help me with anything. Oh, I deserve Jerry. better. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Whew, which is the longest review I've read on this show <laughs> What do you guys think? I'll give it a one You'll give it a one? Yeah, that's um, very fair uh, just, oh. Five out of five I don't know Five out of five It's one out of five okay. Probably hey. gets that point. Speaking of a good review We have one from Alessandro Hey uh, It's a Yes, it's full of stupid comedy But sometimes That's exactly what you need Nice uh, I'm going to say it's probably a three. I'm not going to go too high. I'm going to go three. I'll go three and a half, yeah. Ah, it's three out of five. Ooh. Clearly Alessandro and Sandro. <laughs> I wrote the review. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. We have Tamara who says, Love James Bond movies. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Did she get this confused with Moonraker? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um... Um, four. Uh, three and a half, I guess. It's three and a half. Hey. 3.5. Wow. Sandra's killing it this week. Yeah. And we have another review from a suspiciously named person named Zach who says, I've seen this movie a couple of times and it's so stupid. Yet I understand the stupidity. I still don't know whether to hate this movie or like this movie. I guess I'm stuck in limbo. <laughs> it's got to be 2.5 then, right? I'll go three. That's three out of five. Oh boy. Gets this one. All right. Uh, we have Christopher, who says, Best comedy ever, 80s classic. Um, four and a half. Uh, I'll go four. Ah, it's 0. <laughs> 0.5. Very clearly. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> did, did the best comedy ever, 80s classic, give away that he would rate the 0. 0.5? Yeah. Oh, yeah. clearly not. All right, and it's time for the last review. I'll finish it off with Random White Run, which I believe we've had this reviewer before. Okay. Actually. Second time on the show, Random White Run says, Star Wars, but better. Oh. Oh. Wow. Three and a half, I'm going to say. Three and a half? Okay, I'll try four again. It's four! <gasps> Rob hey. gets the points. Tying it up, three points each. Three points each. Wow, well done. Well done. Well what done. That? Well, that is the, the episode right there on Spaceballs. Rob, thank you so much for coming uh, on the show as always. Plug your stuff, plug your socials, plug the shows you got coming up, because I know you've got some. Thank you very much uh, for having me on. Oh, coming up soon, we will be uh, I'm doing... At uh, the end of uh, July, I'm doing a week run of my Doctor Who-themed uh, comedy show, Who Me. It's the 10th anniversary of my comedy show, Who Me. Um, and and uh, tickets can be found at the Butterfly Club website. Open the 19th of July for that, running for a week. Uh, come and see the fantastic tech work by Sandra Felcher. <laughs> I'll be there every night. Woohoo! And um, later in the year, around about October, I'll be premiering my Magnus Opus, which will be Shakespeare Aliens. That's right, the 1986 classic, 1987? 86 classic Aliens by James Cameron, starring Sigourney Weaver, um, done as if it was written by Bill Shakespeare himself. That'll be in October. Everything can be found out on uh, uh, at my Instagram 
uh, Twitter, which is at Future Robbie, or on uh, Facebook, which is um, uh, Rob Lloyd Actor. Excellent. Yeah, and I do have the script for Shakespeare's Alien, uh, Aliens, I shouldn't say, and it is mm. f- fantastic because I am working on that show as well. And Jen Spears, friend of the show, Jen Spears is starring in it. Jen Spears ah. is in there. Yep, yep, yep. She plays one of the uh, key roles. All the links mm. in the episode description, uh, including our socials. You can check us out there. Say hi if you want. Instagram, Facebook, all the good stuff. We are, of course, on Patreon. Uh, upwards of two bonus episodes a month. The next bonus episode, first week of July, is on The Untouchables. Great. Which I'm excited to talk about. Finally, a good movie on Patreon. <laughs> so we'll do that over there. The first time. Uh, but Zach, it's time for you to pick next week's episode. Alright. You've got two options. First option is Adventures in Babysitting. It's a movie where a babysitter has a night from hell as she tries to keep a preteen out of trouble. Ah. It's got a high tomato meter and it made money. Your other choice, because there's only two, is Inner Space, oh. movie from the Gremlins director. Oh. Yeah, where Dennis Quaid gets shrunk down and accidentally put inside of Martin Short. That one. <laughs> That one, please, officer. I want to watch this movie. Inner Space is friggin' great. I love Inner Space. It's a fucking great film. Yeah, no, we've got to do Inner Space. That way we can compare it to this movie. Because it's all about space, right? <laughs> yeah, they're both about space. That's how things work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, then we'll wrap this episode up with the best quote from Spaceballs. Mine has got to be... At last, we meet for the first time for the last time. That works, right? First time? Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, mine is... Uh... We're not doing this for the money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, mine has to be from one of my favourite actors of all time uh, coming in and doing one of the most biggest scene-stealing moments of all time. Oh, no. Not again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Classic. Classic. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.